Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joan. This is Dane. Hello. This is a movie podcast where we pick a very, very, very specific topic this week. Uh, we do a bunch of math to determine the best and the worst of that topic. That math includes things like Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, Audience and Critic, uh, fucking IMDB, the box office, the budget. We put it all in a spreadsheet, average it all out, and then bingo, bango, bongo, you got the best and the worst. However... Because of uh, whatever topic the fuck this was, there really wasn't any need for math. And uh, I'm going to let you explain why, Dane, and what we watched. Yeah, so, uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, formally apologize for making you watch these these films. Because, like, I've picked some bad stuff, but... Yeah, we'll get into it. I think this but, might uh, so I take picked, the cake. Yeah, I picked uh, the work of Ron Perlman to, from 2010's era, Ron Perlman. Um, and we decided that, because he's in like five movies a year, we decided that it has to be, um, was it top billing? Well, the original concept is we were going to have it be around... Uh... You know, I think top two or three billing. Yeah. But then yeah. when I was doing the math, it ca- became quite clear that he was actually only the lead in two films. And yeah. uh, I think we agreed that we may as well give the guy his dues and watch the only two movies in yeah. the last decade that he had the pleasure of being the lead in. Yeah. And that should be the rule for actors that it's like, it's the shit that they're the lead in. totally i agree completely um i think there so, might and be he's only lead in two so hey we're never gonna watch them otherwise so no the the two films that ron Pullman was the lead in during the 2010s yeah and what films were they uh one's called moonwalkers came out in 2018 i think oh no t- uh, 2015 yeah um he's uh uh, alongside Rupert Grint, if you don't know who that is, that's the, the redhead kid from Harry Potter. Um, he's still out there, um, and uh, it's written by the guy who wrote Death Only. What's it called? Death at a Funeral. Both uh, of them. One of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen. Um, this is worse. It is. Um, and we also watched Asher, a 2018 film that I can only say is um, like a late attempt to try to cash in on the um, the Liam Neeson effect, where because of because of Taken and all the crap that that idiot was doing, there was just an like an influx of old actors who had to be unstoppable killing machines. And this is Ron Perlman's one. I, oh, it sucks. I, it's not even the same thing, man. It's not the same at all. This is not a high-octane action movie where the old guy gets another run. This is... No, but I think that's the that's the reason for it existing, is right. what I'm saying. Right. Because I can't think of anything else. It's just, what other old guy do we have that we can... You know, while there's still interest in in this 
genre? Can you call it a genre? Old guy action films? Yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a genre these days. It's like almost how, you know, 80s revival is a thing that happened for like the last 10 years. How that's become a genre in itself, just like movies that are ripping on the 80s. It's like, I guess... Yeah, because you had, since Taken, you had movies like um, The Eraser with Denzel Washington. The Um, Equalizer, I think is what you mean. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, then there was the one with Sean Penn. Uh, I don't know what that was called. The Gunman, even I though, think. Even though I watched it uh, twice. I haven't even seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's called The Gunman or something stupid. It's the it's the worst one, but it's funny bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's, there's a bunch of others. Like, I think Harrison Ford did one, maybe. Uh, yeah. And this is just, it's, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's that. At least it's the reason for it existing. It's I, not in the same, it's not in the same vein in terms of uh, how the film plays out. But I think that's the, the, the reason for it existing and the, and the marketing for it. I don't think there was any marketing for it. Um, I have There's a different. A poster. I that don't. Counts as marketing. I, I don't think there. I have a different hypothesis. But before we get into that, I think you may as well uh, let everyone know what these two films specifically <clears throat> were about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Asher is about um, a, a guy who was a, a, an Assad agent or something. Anyway, he's he's basically just um, an old guy who's a hitman now or a gunman, whatever. And uh, he's been in the business a long time, and um, and then and then the, the plot gets more complicated than it needs to be because he he gets given a contract which is like um, revenge hits for someone else, but then he has a, a, a he stumbles into this woman who saves him on one of the hits. Does she though? <laughs> she does nothing. Uh, it's- well, yeah, no, she's just kind of like, whoa, what the heck? Yeah, that's, yeah, fair enough. But she finds him, he breaks her flowers, and then he goes back and gives her the flowers. And they fall in love, sort of. It's like a flirty thing. Anyway, and then it's kind of a romance thing from there, which is really funny. Ron Perlman being the lead in a romance film. And uh, it's, uh, it's just not good. Um... And then there's Moonwalkers, which, uh, boy, it looks to certainly have more budget than it deserves. So that stars Rupert Grint as uh, a 60s, it's, it's in the 60s, What's the? it's the year of the moon landing. And 68, Grint, 69, I think. Yeah, whatever. So Rupert Grint is the manager of a band who is trying to break into the big time, right? But he's uh he's a bit of a he's a bit of a fuck up, and um and he owes money to the local English mafia, and uh and and and, and boy nothing's working out for him, and he's he 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 needs to get this money to this this guy, and Ron Perlman is um an agent who works for the CIA and he's been in the business a long time and the the CIA is like hey listen we don't know if this moon landing is going to work 
So we need you to go to London and find Stanley Kubrick, give him this money and say, we need you to film a fake moon landing. And so he's like, all right, I'll do it. But he's having Vietnam flashbacks, even though he would, he was like, he would have been like 60 as a soldier. I don't know, but. I didn't even think so of that, goes, but that, that's annoying me now, too. Yeah, so it starts off with him having a flashback, and he's, like, running through the jungle, but he's, like, a 60-year-old man, so, yeah, and it's never explained why he's there. I thought that later they were going to be like, yeah, he was a, a sergeant corporal or whatever, but, I don't know, it just says that he was there. Never comes anyway, back so, up. No. So, he goes to London... And he goes into the office of the manager of Stanley Kubrick. But instead of the manager of Stanley Kubrick, it's Rupert Grint is in there. Because we've previously just had a very funny scene where he's in there begging this guy for money. But the guy's like, get out of here. I'm I'm doing coke. It's, it's London, baby, in the 60s. And then Rupert Grint is like, in his office for some reason because this movie is contrived as fuck um and then ron perlman goes into the office and he's like hey listen we need stanley kubrick here's a bunch of money i don't have time to listen to you react to this uh because i've just been on a plane so get me stanley kubrick and you can have all this money and then rupert grint's like this is my chance to get the money and so he dresses his friend up as Kubrick and then they take the guy's money and it's just a whole bunch of hilarious shenanigans. I hope you're being sarcastic, right? <laughs> uh yeah. So basically I've never seen a movie so sure of itself being funny without laughing yeah. once in the film. Yeah. I yeah. I snickered once. Like, I had a mm. bit of a, you know, like the shoulder. <laughs> I did that once when I saw the band were dressed as space jellyfish. That gave me mm. a little bit of a shoulder, you know, like a little. <laughs> but outside yeah. of that, there the movie was so unashamedly smug. Yeah. And, and I hated it. And, like, this is a movie where, like, I have to give the cinematographer and the editor a hug. Because... It isn't the worst-looking movie, and it is a movie that the editor attempted to make uh, funny. You know what I mean? Like that. I think the director. I think the director too. I don't think that. I literally think, um, yeah, the cinematographer and the editor, man. Like I, what, 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 and design. I guess maybe we can give a passing grade to the director, but I think you're this is right. his first film. Yeah, and it's his last too, and. Um, <laughs> And uh, the script is, like, horrendously terrible. And I have a feeling script, it's almost... I put all the blame on the script. Well, I don't know. I I think it. I think the director needs to have a long, hard look in the mirror, too. Um, because he's, he's, you know, he... Like, if he had attempts at trying to fix it, they didn't work. So, you know, I just all... It just, yeah, I, I think you're right in the sense that it's probably mainly the script that's the issue, but 
Mm-hmm. It was it was like for me it was watchable. Like it wasn't an unwatchable movie, but mm. almost in the sense that I just couldn't believe how sure of themselves they were the whole time when none of it worked. Yeah. You know? Well, it has the exact same tone as Death at a Funeral. Right. Which is a smug comedy. Yeah. it's And, and, and it's like, <clears throat> this guy obviously has uh, scenarios in his head that he knows are funny. So, I mean, like, the band at the end, you know, dressed up as jellyfish on the set of this fake moon landing... And they're all, you know, hippies on mushrooms. That's an objectively funny situation. Yeah. But what, you know, but what makes something like that work is the series of events that allowed this to happen. That's what makes a joke like that really land. And the series of events are so bullshit and contrived and just him putting in any lazy excuse he can think of to have the joke happen. Yeah. It's like he, he only has punchlines and then has to then reverse engineer the punchline. And and, and, and and the setup doesn't even matter. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing that of like, oh, this is, would be funny, but how am I going to make this happen? It's just a really uncreative, lazy way of getting there. And that's my main problem with it. And it's the same issue that I had with Death at a Funeral. It's like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Well, how am I going to, like, orchestrate this? Um, Well, I'll just, like, break the characters, break, like, the logic of the film in order to force this to happen. And there you go. And it's like, how can you fucking live with yourself? The 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 characters when you're this bad at writing comedy. The characters themselves were just like a mess anyway. Like there was no real consistency for characters that were borderline two dimensional anyway, which was yeah mind boggling yeah, for they me. Can't, yeah, they can't. You can't even keep two dimensional characters consistent no and constantly breaking character and acting however he needs them to in order for this bullshit to happen totally like you have a straight man and you have the kooky one and then just at convenient times they would swap but it just didn't Mm. just it didn't make any sense for anything that they'd set up previously um yeah i just i found yeah everything cripplingly convenient in this film and just unfunny the the best example of of that happening which is consistent throughout the film but the best example of it happening is um about three quarters into the film the the doofy hippie friend is smoking a bong and ron perlman is stressed out because this is not going to plan um, and then he says, hey, man, why don't you try smoking the bong? It will chill you out. And then he says, no, that stuff doesn't affect me. I'm CIA trained. My mind's too strong. And he's like, what? Bullshit. And he's like, come on, I'll show you. And then he smokes a bong and then he gets high. Now, there's absolutely no reason why that character would brag about being CIA trained. His mind is too strong. Like, it doesn't make any sense that that would happen, but you need that to happen so that you have a a funny CIA guy being stoned scene. Yeah. 
and that's it. It doesn't doesn't tr doesn't try to justify it in any other way. It's just, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the CIA guy was high? How do I make that happen? I'll think, just have him do it. <laughs> I think there are far bigger atrocities in the film that are in the same vein. Like, like when you're doing shit like that, but but it's more related to the the actual like plot development. Like, I'm less mm. offended by a throwaway, he's high on opium joke, than I am by the fact that Rupert Grint at no point asks his fucking fuck-up stoner friend what the movie was, or, like, at any point even bothers yeah. to try and figure it out. And I know yeah. that he's meant to be a fuck-up, but, you know, you, you're showing moments of, like, like attempts at making him a genuine character, right? This isn't a Benny Hill sketch. This isn't a fucking sitcom. This is a movie. And you're doing your best to make at least uh, us believe that they're real in a terrible fashion. It puts in, yeah, it puts in less effort than a sitcom. Yeah, it puts in less effort. And then, you know, the, the punchline is, oh, you know, that poor CIA guy... Uh, what do you mean the poor CIA guy? And then, like, 20 minutes of them, like, it's just it's just infuriatingly contrived. I think you, you, you used that word earlier. I think it's probably the best possible way to describe this movie. And, it's, yeah. and, 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 like, I think it thinks that's funny, but it's not. Yeah, I, I think it's just, like, you know, and, like, at the end, they're on the set of the fake moon landing, and it doesn't go according to plan. And then you have the CIA the hippies and the mafia and Ron Perlman and Rupert Grint all on this set together. And then a big shootout happens. And it's like, you know, Hey, wouldn't that be a cool thing to put on screen? Wouldn't that be cool and funny? My answer honestly is yes, that sounds cool, but how are you going to make that happen? And the answer is, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, they don't, they don't some care at contrived all. bullshit to, to make it happen. So that by the end where you have this, this scenario, which like, you know, is funny, but you're not laughing because everything that led to it is just bullshit. And it's, so it's really annoying because it's like, ah, uh, I should be enjoying this. I know I should be enjoying this. Oh, but... I know exactly why this movie got made because that's the the pitch for the film is fantastic. You could pitch yeah. this movie seven ways from Sunday, and every single one would get picked up for money because it is an mm -hmm. it is a pretty clever premise. But yeah, and then you say, imagine the fucking crazy shit at the end. You'd be like, hell yeah, I want to see that. Here's your money. Well, I was and trying. Then he to... just has to figure out ways for it to happen, and he doesn't even put in any effort. No, what I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of, and it was like, and the best way I could possibly put it was, it felt like. Do you know who Richard Curtis is? He does yeah. like Love Actually, The Boat That Rocked. All that, those yeah, sort of Yeah, it's a Richard bullshit. Curtis wannabe. It's like Richard Curtis meets Guy Ritchie meets the <laughs> the fucking ultra like the 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 like that late nineties rip off Tarantino sort of feel. It's like those three things together. Yeah, if you could get those three things and have them have a baby and give it a slight learning disability, that would be the writer of this movie. That would be the and 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 like. 
I was trying to figure out why Ron... And, uh, like, can you agree Ron Perlman's just kind of, like, miscast and boring in the movie, too? Like, I don't like seeing um... he's boring. Like, I like him, and I was kind of, like, you know, a bit... Mi- had mixed feelings when you recommended it, because I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to watch these, but also I do like I think Ron he's, Perlman. I think he's... I think he's all right. You could definitely find someone better, but I think he's all right. No, but oh, okay. I think I'll I think I'll use a better phrase. Because in terms of Ron Perlman, pl- in this Ron film. Perlman playing Ron Perlman playing a straight guy in a comedy, I think is actually well suited to him. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it just I, I, didn't, I don't I didn't think he's used him. well enough in this. For some reason, I, it just he was. If I almost felt like he was sleepwalking his way through the whole film, and. I don't know. I guess that's yeah, a testament I think to the director think, and everything, yeah. but I don't know. I don't it think just... he's utilized, and you honestly could find someone better, but... Well, it's his I first lead performance a... since 1994. No, you're forgetting... Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So He's probably used to only being on set for four days. So, you'd expect him to have a bit more uh, vigor about him, you know? But uh, no, he's just sleepwalking his way through the whole thing, in my opinion, and it's well, just it's you know kind of sad. Didn't, he didn't because we know. Look at um, fucking, look at some other great perform. Look at fucking Hellboy. Oh, wait, that's oh, a I t- okay. So I totally forgot about Hellboy. I'm sorry. He's awesome <laughs> in Hellboy. So look at Hellboy. Like we know that this guy can give a really good performance where he can play a straight man and he can do comedy. All in the all in the one film, but Hellboy works because Hellboy has a really strong character. Right. This guy, I mean, you can't even call this this a character. It's just Ron Perlman. He doesn't have a character. All we know about him is that he's traumatized from war. But what does that even fucking mean? He just keeps having random flashbacks. It's convenience. Again, it's contrived. The only time that the flashbacks are used is to justify his lapse in judgment. That's literally it. That's the only reason he has Nam flashbacks in the entire movie is just so they can... he doesn't have a character. And if he does, it's one that doesn't have a personality. So I think, you know, I think that you can put that down as the blame for why Ron Perlman seems to be sleepwalking because it has all the identity of an actor that is lacking in direction and doesn't know what they're doing. And he's trying his best, but he's not been given anything. Well, again, that's probably like... That's part of the reason why I'm not willing to give a passing grade to the director either. You know, that that you can take something with very shallow character in a script and you can figure mm. that stuff out to make it like at least a next step better or at least palatable for an actor to to chew on. But I don't really get the the feeling of that at all and and what's fr- yeah. what you know like that there's two kinds of bad comedies that there's the ones where uh well there's about a million different types of bad comedies but in in terms of my um example there's the ones where that you know that they're, they're nailing the timing and everything and everything just doesn't work or doesn't seem funny that's what this is mm-hmm. it's like you know the timing of everything's like on and stuff and they're getting it right but you know at the core of it the jokes aren't funny 
and it's kind of just sad to watch you know it's just it feels contrived and shit totally a bad script Mm. but then there's and then and then there's the one i hate more but uh is still equally bad that the, the, the same kind of problem is where you can clearly tell everyone on set thinks it's fucking hilarious and it's just <laughs> not like you know like um yoga hoses that movie mm. fucking sucks and is cripplingly unfunny but it looks like mm. everyone thinks it's hilarious on set like everyone yeah. involved What's funny in on the on joke set does not does not translate to screen. No, but never like it just does. That's like fucking rule number one for filming a comedy. But this, like, you can look at the behind the scenes of things like Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, and they're all laughing their ass off. I'm sure they're all having a fucking great time on one of those disgusting Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, but it's like what's funny on set doesn't translate to what's funny on screen because what, what what's funny on screen is only is only only works due to the setup of the previous scene yeah totally but in this film it's got this weird i don't know like they they, they all look like they know it's not funny <laughs> it's like the opposite it's so bizarre <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just looks like their soul's been zapped out of them and they're just saying these things that are meant to be hilarious, but I don't see like even just a twinkle in any of their eyes that they're well, the in on it at all. Is not funny. No, he's, he's clearly not. a guy with a bad sense of humor who thinks he's like silly and like just doofus shit does not translate to funny. And I, I think I he thinks it does. I mean, I th- I think the dude is um, a fan of of comedy, and 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 that's it. And so that's why he understands timing, but he doesn't understand like how like why a joke is funny because he's just like the joke in it is like Rupert Grint goes back to his apartment, and his apartment has been vandalized and there's a turd on his record player that's 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 the type of joke that's in it yeah or just just people doing drugs jokes which i've seen a million times it's yeah it's like fucking what it's like fucking raunchy mum humor what i you know what i loved and just found like incredibly incompetent and lazy about this movie but also kind of funny like mm. in not like laughing i'm not laughing because of the film i'm laughing at the film but there's the you know the scene again the scene where the the hippie dude who i think if this movie was released this year the movie would be such a huge hit because that actor's now in that umbrella academy movie and uh, umbrella academy show and everyone fucking loves it but um he gives uh ron perlman the opium right and then literally mm. in the next scene ron perlman accidentally takes acid so the the joke yeah. is literally recycled two scenes in a row and ron perlman yeah. has a reaction of what like like and that reaction is my reaction or like what i'm imagining ron perlman is reading the script of like wait you've got my character doing this again like literally yeah. the next scene are you serious so yeah without even seeing like without getting much use out of the fact that he smoked a bong no which, which had which had a bit of opium in it yeah and then he's just passed out on the floor yeah but then suddenly he's like next scene he's like oh i got a headache and then 
and, and this is another example of like the contrivances is the the hippie girl is like here take this and then hands him something he swallows it and then he's like thanks and she goes yeah it's acid and he's like yeah what what the hell yeah i know and <laughs> and it's like why would he take something from that woman no reason without at all. asking what it is like he's an idiot because just for the, the plot sake needs of the him joke. to do it because he wouldn't have that epiphany just so yeah just so we can have him like yeah have a funny high scene and then he's and then he's on the phone to the cia guy and he's like how's the movie coming and, the, and he's on acid and he's like oh i don't know i gotta go shit yeah nothing like i yeah i just i'm i was just so like taken to left field by this movie because the like i thought it may have been like a bit of an, a misunderstood film just from like mm. reading the premise and watching the trailer i'm like i could see how maybe some people wouldn't like this but mm. no it's just simply just a terrible movie and it has it absolutely cool. nothing going That's for the it thing. yeah it sounds cool it's like and then it uh and i mean like it, it tries really hard Oh but no! It it like... it does not slow down. It does not stop trying till the end yeah. of the movie to be relevant, to be cool, to be funny, to be like you know an action movie. Like it, it literally never stops to smell the roses at all. Yeah, it's it's and, and it's, it's punchline to punchline to punchline got... to punchline to punchline, and none of them land. And it's impressive how <laughs> unfunny this film is. I got written in my notes, Moonwalkers tries too hard and Asher doesn't try at all. Oh, okay. I think for now, this is probably a good time to try. Like, I, I, yeah, let's just leave Moonwalkers for a little bit and let's talk about let's, Asher. Yeah, settle down into Asher, so, which is oh, quickly. one of the most... May, Asher is maybe the most forgettable movie I've ever seen. I, it is the most boring film I've ever watched in my entire life. When mm. I finished watching it, the only thing I could possibly ponder was I was thinking about how to make a really nice red wine commercial out of the movie mm. and just cut yeah. about 30 seconds out with Ron Perlman, get a voiceover, put it in black and white and make a commercial for a red wine. That's what I was thinking about at It'd the end nice, of the movie. be a nice commercial. <laughs> it would be a nice, pretty commercial. And, it, you know, it's like The Bachelor, you know, sitting back, enjoying their Merlot or something like that. Yeah, because Asher I was likes thinking about. wines. That's all I was yeah. thinking about. Mm. You know, and it's, it's boring. You know, like, I like slow movies. I do. I really do. But this mm. movie what, shouldn't have been that film. You know, no, like, and it's so. You want to talk about Ron? The, the reason I was having a hard time thinking that Ron Perlman was miscast in Moonwalkers is because this is he is so miscast in this. Totally, uh, uh, it's shocking and it's a little bit embarrassing that he's playing Asher. Well, he produced it. Did you look that? Did you find that out that he's one of the people that invested money in the movie? 
Oh no. Yeah. Why? Well, so I, no, I, it's so wrong. So I, I'd like to. So you claim that you think it's in that ilk of uh, those the 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 Silver Fox action movies. You think it's a part of that scene? Yeah. Um, I think that that I I don't think it would be made if it wasn't for those things existing yeah and that being the 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 trend even though the trend was dying down by that time it was still i think it i think equalizer 2 came out the same year and that was sort of like was the end of that so liam neeson hasn't done one of these things in like six years or something so you got to understand those movies are generally made by studios they're usually a form Mm. of tentpole money grab sort of thing this movie Mm. is a is an independent movie that's what it is. Oh. It's an independent oh. film and it's made for no money at all. It's quite it's a very small film. My what my hypothesis is that um Ron Perlman was excited at the fact that he gets to play uh the lead in in a film. You know, he gets yeah. to invest his money and I think it was pitched as an art film. I think it was pitched as the the hitman, but with all the in-between bits and maybe more about all the in-between bits than the actual hitman stuff. And I think that may have been what interested him in the project. And unfortunately what it resulted in was just a complete bore fest. Like I was really struggling to watch it because literally nothing happened for 90% of the film. (laughs) And it's the things like that nothing happens. And, but the thing is, but the things that do happen was so cripplingly cliche that mm. it didn't make me invest at all. Like I can, no. I can name one inciting incident in the movie that that kicked off any form of action or any form of resolve. Because what would happen is something would happen, and then nothing would come from it, and it would just be Ron Perlman eating a steak, drinking red wine. Or there mm. would be there would be an action a small action sequence, and then nothing would happen. Ron Perlman would go back, eat some steak, and drink his red wine, and that literally was the cycle of the movie until his mm. friend gets blown up, and then mm. a semblance of something happen starts to happen. But at that point, we've got twenty minutes to go until the ending. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I literally I had a far worse time watching Asher than I did Moonwalkers. Uh yeah, like Asher's difficult. Um, it's kind of sad to be honest because I think like Ron Perlman is meant to be uh, like a cool guy, but he's you know he's got more going for him than you'd expect. I mean, because it's like. Oh, Ron Perlman plays uh, a hitman, and it's like, okay, cool. Well, this is going to be fun. And at the beginning of the film, I thought I was actually going to like it because the first scene is him going to do a hit, and the way he does that is he stands at the guy's front door in the apartment building. He smokes a cigarette and blows the smoke up at the the sprinkler thing. Which then yep. goes off, and Ron Perlman throws an umbrella up, and then it's a cool image of him standing in a hallway holding an umbrella up, 
and the, 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 the water going over him. And then he holds a gun up casually and waits for the guy to come out. And as soon as he opens the door, he just like puts three bullets into him and then walks out, goes outside, you know, you know, dries his umbrella off. And then he just walks away. And I was like, this is going to be a cool movie. Uh, nothing that cool happens again. And then it, it turns out that that umbrella thing he does, that happens like three more times. And it's just something he does all the time. He's the umbrella and assassin it, it, or something. That's like his, yeah. his shtick. That's his method. Yeah. Which then <laughs> completely, and then how, uh, and then how seriously the rest of the film takes itself actually makes the, and, and how much that's recycled in in turn renders that like corny and shit. Well, it made me and the, I and I didn't like it. Well, the second time he started doing it, it made me start to ask questions that I shouldn't have. That if I had only seen it once, I wouldn't have asked questions. And the first question mm. is actually that's not how sprinklers work. Yeah, you know what? And I knew that the first time he does it, but I was like, ah, who cares? Yeah, you who know, cares? It's just a dumb action film. It's yep. just a dumb action movie. Yep. Not turns out it's not. It's just and it a, expects you to think that that's how they work. It's an introspective drama about a hip like a hitman, but it's mm. but it's just dull. But and then the second thing is in the time so he lets off the fire alarm and you know the sprinkler system and he knows for a fact that the only person that's going to try and run out is the target. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Which is dumb. And because he keeps doing it, you're asking questions like that, and it's dumb. But it's cool if it only happens once, and it happens at the beginning, and the rest of the film is, you know, equally as dumb. High-octane action. Yeah. I wanted to see Ron Perlman in a fucking, you know, cash Liam Neeson cash-grab movie. You know? Yeah, well, but, but the thing is, you got to remember, it, it is Ron Perlman. He isn't... Sean Penn. He isn't Liam Neeson. He is a character actor. He is someone who comes in for fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth billing in a movie, has a scene stealing, uh, a movie stealing scene, and then leaves with a paycheck. That's that's his role in Hollywood, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, no, but I mean, like every time I've seen him in anything which is a lot of things. He's usually like a hard ass. Yeah. And he would be perfectly suited to a movie that, you know, is a bit tongue in cheek action film. Totally. Yeah, no, I So agree I don't completely. know why I don't know why he's just like moseying about his apartment drinking red wine and then having these romantic scenes because he fucking, paid what's for her name? it femke femke jansen yeah jansen? Uh, fucking fucking phoenix from x-men um i think i think it literally comes down to he was excited that he gets to play the lead in a movie where he isn't that that's why he invested money in it that's why the yeah. movie exists which is so weird because it's like he doesn't know what he looks like then. Because he's a funny looking guy. No, no. So th- again, there's nothing to play wrong with a that. Serious... No, there's a lot wrong with that. You don't play... You don't cast Ron Perlman as the lead in a romantic drama. 
because it looks stupid. He's a funny looking guy. He has a funny walk. He has a funny head. You cast him as a straight man in an action comedy and he'll kill it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's an unfair uh, way of How is looking that unfair? at actors. He's the fucking, you know, standing alongside Famke Jansen, who's fucking taller than him. It looks weird as fuck. If you're going to make this fucking cliche romantic drama, you don't cast Ron Perlman because it looks funny. So you got to have some comedy in it. But the film takes itself so fucking seriously. I'm expected to believe this shit. That Famke Jansen would be like, oh, you're a handsome, cool guy. Not you have a head that looks like it's made of rocks. I don't know. My um, three of my favorite actors in the world are, I wouldn't call conventionally attractive. Um, mm. And I don't necessarily mean, like, I don't think that that necessarily means that they should be limited in the sort of roles that they can play. Wait, who are they? So I'll, uh, James Gandolfini, who's uh, sadly passed, uh, Steve Buscemi, and Michael Shannon um, are my three favorite actors. And. Um, I've seen, st- like, like it, it's the Steve Buscemi argument. People are like, oh, he's a funny little fucker, isn't he? Like, he can only play yeah, weirdos I could see, and creeps. No, nah, I could see those guys doing this and doing a good job. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't necessarily think Ron Perlman uh, can't do it. I think that he invested his money and his time into the wrong script and into the most boring thing possible. I think he could mm. do it. I've seen, like, like, however absurd Hellboy is, he has, uh, like, a a heart to him in those films. And well, there's a romance in well, there's a romance in that. There's but, a the, romance. but the thing is, is the thing is, is that um, Hellboy is so over the top in other ways that. Um, that relationship feels very real. I don't think uh, it's out of the realm of possibility that he has the acting capabilities to do something a bit more serious. Um, unfortunately, I think he invested his money and time into the wrong project. I don't think it's as simple... Okay. Wait, 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 Dane, yeah. please. I don't think it's as simple as going, have, have you looked in a mirror? Like, you know, like, what do you think, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't think it's... I don't think... I think it's a bit unfair to say that. Um, okay, I agree, actually. Uh, and I apologize to Ron Perlman for saying he has a head that looks like it's made out of rocks. But uh, the, I, then I think the problem is that it's such a conventional script. And so, therefore, it doesn't make sense to have an unconventional romantic lead. If you wanted to make this work, you need to have an unconventional script because it's so cliche uh, at points that it's offensive. I mean, you have the the love interest, Femke Jensen. I forget what her na- character's name is in the film. Uh, she's reduced to, yeah, she's just a damsel in distress. Um, and that's kind that's that's pretty pathetic to to be watching a 55 year old woman being a damsel in distress and then ron perlman just being the guy who's gonna kill the bad guys and save her you know that's like that's like drive yeah 
it doesn't fit the kind of uh, yeah they don't fit that mold. I I know I agree with you completely that 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 they're not built for this story and and it all it, it's like elements of it that make it all fall apart and feel completely unbelievable. I completely agree with you. There's a there's a really good movie. Um, have you seen Enough Said? Have you heard of Enough Said? Okay, no, I haven't heard of Enough Said. So, yeah, so it's a, like a romantic comedy drama that came out uh, about a few months after James Gandolfini died, starring him mm-hmm. and uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld. Oh, okay, yeah, I do know that movie. And it's a really good, mature love story. Like, it isn't, uh, it isn't one that the kids would go and see. But also, mm-hmm. I think it's smart enough that, uh, like, p- educated people will like it. It's not like the Grand Marigold Hotel for old cunts. Like, it's not just an old person movie. But it's not the yep. kind of film that, like, most people wanting to go and see a rom-com would see. And yep. and it's dealing with those mature themes and everything. And I think this movie is, an, it, it, again, it's trying to be an art film. It's trying to be a romance but also at the same time, I think you might be right. In some form of marketing, it tried to make it this action movie, and but yeah, it's trying to do all these things at once, and it's doing none of them well, and it's mm-hmm. just boring. Yeah, I think it's the only like I think this may have been the most mediocre movie ever made. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not bad. Yeah, it's super forgettable. It's it's incredibly super forgettable. forgettable. And so boring. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of anything. Okay, the the one one thing I liked about it, I do like. Uh, there's a bit where he gets so, is it the uh, uh, arsenic or something like the poison, and he's mm. following a target, and he thinks he runs into the woman, and then he goes over and it's not her, and then you think like he's lost his target. And then the next scene, mm. we just see the guy sitting on the train, and yeah. then it's revealed that he did get the target. I did like I liked that sequence. I thought that was quite a clever use of editing and stuff. But um, mm. my experience of this film, I think, was extra hampered by the simple fact that I watched last uh, the night before I watched this. Uh, you were never really here, which is a, yeah. a movie about a hitman, um, but. Or I guess a hitman, whatever, a fixer, I guess is a better term. But, and it's so well edited and shot and characterized, but also simple. But it's simple. Mm. Like, it's not um, trying to do too many things at once. It's trying to do one Mm -hmm. thing in a different way. And... There are some cliches in there, like I was watching You Were Never Really Here, and I think it's almost impossible not to think of Taxi Driver while watching the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not a bad thing. But no. with this movie, that like with uh, Asha, there's just so many sequences in it that are just straight up from like the the pool of Hitman movies where he's getting a bit old and. Like, th- those movies are a dime a dozen. As soon as Richard Dreyfus is introduced as a character, I knew straight away he was the bad guy. Yeah, and he's a, he's, a, he's like a, a hammy villain, too. He's just a hammy villain. He's introduced as the, 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 
the person who gives him a job. And yeah, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, no, you're the bad guy. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that no twist or turn was it interesting. Feels like a, it feels like a, uh, a cliche script studio cash grab that is competing with someone trying to make it into um, a thoughtful artistic film yeah but i think it's i, I, I mean, think it's so almost the it's... opposite though i think it's tr- it was a thoughtful pondering art film yeah and they've tried to be like okay but the but the caveat is that it's also this but but instead of like trying to do that in an, an original or unique way they've just literally mm. grabbed all the cliches and just chucked them in yeah it's so funny that like i was genuinely shocked when you told me no it's an independent film yeah (laughs) because i was like oh fuck like the whole thing felt to me exactly like cheap studio cash grab like hey uh what what do we have that we can wring a bit of money out from are are people still watching old guy action movies and maybe we could put a little bit of money into that which old guy can we get and what scripts do we have well we got this dog shit script lying around and uh, maybe Ron Perlman? Well, Has he done one of these yet? Well, I don't... No, all right, we'll throw it together. Maybe we'll make a bit of money. And the it, the whole thing felt like that. I, I felt like all the performances were like that as well, that it was just, hey, you know, we're working. I, am, I love Ron Perlman, and I like when he appears in movies, but... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always excited to see the cunt in a film. Yeah, me too. Always, because he's, he's genuinely really good. But, unfortunately, mm. I'm coming from an even more cynical point here. He is not a star. And he is not no. of the caliber that Fox or Warner Brothers is going to make a tentpole movie around him. I'm sorry. It's not a tentpole movie. Well, though, no, it? like, no, well, this isn't because it's an independent movie. But the Taken movies are, mo- are designed to make money. That's what they are. Yeah, but I was thinking it and was more like... And all the clones like, uh, are designed to make money because the formula yeah, of taking work. Yeah, but this is late era. You know, I was thinking this is sort of like it exists in the world between um, a, a modern day Seagal movie and and Taken 4. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you could call... Okay, Taken is like a, an A-grade movie. It goes to the cinemas. And Seagal Sniper Special Ops is a D-grade. This is like B to C. Yeah, yeah. It's like I a don't B, know. Like, I, I C think plus. they were... I think the sad part is I think they made the movie they were planning to make. It was just mm. not an interesting one. No... Oh boy, now I feel bad. Yeah, it's just a little independent <laughs> art film that's cripplingly boring. Like it, it, it is, it is, it was, it is comatose level boring. Nothing happens, yeah. and you know, like the director of this movie, I think he's uh, Michael Crichton or something. I can't remember. Uh, you know, made a made a few films back in the day that were moderately successful and now he's making these little films you know well what was uh what did he make i'm trying to i i know one of them's this boy's life the one of the first movies that fucking dicaprio was in is one of his um 
He also made The Jackal, <laughs> but that movie kind of sucks. And uh, Doc Hollywood, one of the, one of the what do you call it movies? Uh, Michael J. Fox vehicles from the eighties. Like he, he's not. Oh, yeah, shit. so it's not. I don't know. It's it's really weird. Well, like, I of these two films, yeah, I didn't... which one do you think was hmm. the French film? The French film. Yeah. N- none of them. Wait. There's a French film? One of them's French. Which one do you think's the French film? Uh, the one that's obsessed with wine. <laughs> Moonwalkers is a French film. What? Google it, motherfucker. It's a French film. It's a French film. I looked film up a bit... About... Oh, no, I think the director is French. No, it's, it's literally that, a French movie. It is funded by France. It is a French film. Oh. It's a French oh, film wow. set in England that's an incredibly American premise. Yeah, and because uh, that writer is based in LA, I think. Yeah. The, it's At a, least last I checked. Now, he was. I started watching Asher and I'm like, this is the French film. Yeah. Not, this, not this fucking Moonwalkers. What the fuck? So yeah, bizarre. It, very confusing, these two films. Which film did you have a better time watching? Oh, jeez. That is hard because um, I was very mad watching Moonwalkers. Um, and yeah, but then you felt Asha, something, didn't you? Yeah, at least I was pissed off. It's like self-harm. Uh, but, you know, you, fe- you, yeah. you do it and you feel something. Yeah, I was just sitting there watching it, and then every time there was another contrived joke, I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. But with Asha, I was just, like, falling asleep. It's so boring. Like, nothing, nothing going on. Like, it's just emotionless. Um, I'd give Asha the points just because moonwalkers upset me right no i had a far better time watching moonwalkers like it was Mm. it was like watching a car accident Mm. you know and but with with asha it literally like i just don't know why that movie was made i cannot tell you and that depresses me yeah and yeah. you know, I shouldn't. I think the cardinal sin is boredom for me. If I'm bored, mm. like I, I can watch four-hour movies, and I do often. One of my movies I watch mm. every year is Once Upon a Time in America, which clocks in at well over four hours, and I am never bored. Length has mm-hmm. nothing to do with boredom, in my opinion. But this movie that's an hour and forty minutes felt mm. like I, I felt like I watched it all day. Like, it took up all my day watching this hour and 40-minute film. And yeah. I don't know how anyone, like, d- d- I hope I hope Ron Perlman liked it. I hope it was exactly what he wanted when he saw it at the cinema. I hope he felt that he put his money into the right project. I really do. Because then that, really movie, then that movie, it, its existence is justified, at least in my <laughs> heart. You know? That's sweet. Well, see, like, I usually have the same opinion. It's like, hey, as long as I'm not bored. Yeah. Uh, but Moonwalkers um You couldn't be bored in that movie. To me. Moonwalkers? You couldn't be no, bored. No, I was just angry. 
just angry mostly because you know what I like Ron Perlman and um, the novelty you know, of seeing Rupert Grint and yeah and then Rupert Grint you know I think that for whatever reason he has had it's not fair that fucking what's his name the other Harry Potter that motherfucker is just working all the time and for some reason has this people like him even though he's rubbish he's such a bad actor daniel radcliffe he's terrible um and so is what's her ass she's fucking dull but rupert grint i was like oh fuck there he is okay let's see what you got ron and he's i was like unarguably the best of the three harry potter kids yeah, he's, you know what, he's, like, he's, this movie sucks shit, but he's pretty good in it, he's fine. Yeah, he's, he, I, I mean, I, he deserves more opportunities, like you were saying, like, yeah, I think he's a better, he's a way better actor than Radcliffe, and, and probably, what's, Emma Watson. Emma, I don't like, Emma, I don't like Emma Watson, I know everyone froths her and loves her, but I think they're just horny yeah, children. she's hot. Yeah, because she's, she's fucking she's, hot she's now. She's boring. You know, like, she's, but she's boring. She, and Daniel Radcliffe cannot act. I'm sorry, he cannot act. She's he's better bad. than him. She's better actor. than Radcliffe. I can, I can, I'll, I'll, I have to give her that credit. But like, growing Everyone's up as a child, better than I always Radcliffe. thought, like, that Ron was the best, and that um, yeah. Rupert Grint was doing the best job out of all of them. And then he yeah. just fucking disappears. I can tell you that he has a bit of a renaissance at the moment. I know he's in a Netflix TV show, so let's hope more comes from him. Oh, that's good. But yeah, because he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. He but- was fine in this. He was fine in this, even though it's it sucks and his character is nothing. He was still, he still had a presence and he was still entertaining and he still was fine. You know, he could tell he was trying his hardest but he wasn't an absolute tryhard like the rest of the film yeah i agree um he I, goes all right i honestly don't think i can devote any more energy to either of these two films i know we're only nah, clocking me. in at the hour mark but i think it's probably worth us getting to the reviews how do you feel about yeah, that i agree okay i'm just I gonna do a little fart noise agree. okay so this is a 10 out of 10 review for asher Ugh. by nyc828 asher a movie worth watching uh, from 2018. Uh, probably, I'm guessing this is by Ron Perlman. Uh, this was such a good movie. I love Ron Perlman. <laughs> he is utterly perfect as a professional hitman at the crossroads of his career choice. His power to capture his audience with his tough yet subtle vulnerability is a treasure. You can't help but root for him. All the characters fit their roles and make the plot intriguing. I love camera work and the soundtrack. I highly recommend Asher. You won't be disappointed. Um, written by Ron Perlman's 94-year-old mother. I cannot honestly think of... <laughs> Who else would have written this? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where this person talking? saw the movie. Where are you... <laughs> yeah, What? What? This is... <laughs> I can't think of a fucking real-life person who's written this. This is not a real review. There is no way this is a real review. This is a bot or something. I don't think... I don't know who's seen this film outside of us. 
you know? Yeah, right. NYC 828. 2018. So the movie had just come out, I guess. Yeah, they must have been at the premiere or something. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it's Ron <laughs> Perlman's mum. Uh, yeah. Them, I guess they went to the premiere and they met Ron Perlman. And then it in- instantly became their favourite movie because they had a fleeting yeah, so interaction became... with him in the toilets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, they washed hands starstruck. next to each other or something. And then it's like, oh my God, this is yeah. the best movie I've ever seen. And they were like, hey, I loved the movie. And he's like, well, thank you so much. And then shook his hand and then came home and was like, I love Ron Perlman. Yeah. This movie is so good. I love camera work and the soundtrack. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, bless him. Okay, uh, this is a 1 out of 10 review by Mr. Scott MC. Um, uh, written the day before the last one. Um, how can you produce a movie with this many names and not know how a fire sprinkler works? What does that mean? This many names and not know how... <laughs> I think <laughs> well, he's saying the... the same thing I was saying about how the logic of the sprinkler doesn't work. Yeah, I know, but I don't know what this many names has to do with it. It's I like, think it's uh, I think uh, it's saying you're smart enough to get Richard Dreyfus, Jean Grey from X Men, and and Hellboy in a movie together. How the fuck can't yeah. you have the comprehension to know how a sprinkle works? Yeah, you have. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's dumb, but I know what they're saying. <clears throat> Oh, let me just blow a little smoke in the air and set off the sprinkler. Can you imagine if it was that easy to ruin a building? Then there is the setting off a fire alarm to shoot somebody plan. Does that seem like a smart plan? No one else comes out when the fire alarm goes off. Just the intended target. Wow, this was just awful. (laughs) That's the whole review. They just focus on that one thing. (laughs) Is that the whole review? That's the whole review. I hate that review more than I hated Asher. (laughs) <laughs> that's the one thing that annoys them and what's funny is it says warning spoilers i love, that, that I love bit how takes... we brought that up too like it, it's not like a problem just for this person but I love that's how... not a, that's not a spoiler though that happens at the beginning of the film yeah but it happens several times through so i guess it is kind of like a spoiler uh, it's... anyway <laughs> okay uh this is a 10 out of 10 review for, for the other thing right uh, by Louison Calbray. Calbray. Okay, uh, the reason why we go to the movies. 2016. Funny, light, entertaining, well-directed, and impeccable acting and cast. Moonwalkers is a little gem. Unpretentious, yet perfectly crafted, the film merits any and all the accolades it have received. Unpretentious, Yes. I think it means it's deliberately dumb, therefore not pretentious. Because um, in, in a way, it sort of does revel in uh, being ignorant and stupid. Um, Perlman, Grint, Sheehan are all superb. The editing is quasi-perfect. That's pretentious. The humor is timed perfectly and intelligent. Based on a conspiracy theory pertaining to the first moon landing, this tale takes us through twists and turns and give us a fast-paced, funny look at uh, the story we all know. (laughs) Perlman and Grint deliver super performances. Both are cast in unusual roles, and though Perlman has been around a little longer, this was a perfect vessel for him to show his range. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is a fun low-key burn. <laughs> this Show review made rage. me hate the movie more. <laughs> I hate it more fucking... now. He's fucking asleep through the whole movie. This is the worst Ron Perlman performance I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that's a backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's so, so weird. Mean. Grinch should do more of these as it removes... More of what? Movies? Yeah. As it removes him from further from his usual fare, he has shown a new facet in this exercise. Well, the actually getting a movie. From... Yeah. <laughs> he should do more movies. He's shown a new fa... Look, he's he's pretty much just playing Ron Weasley in the film. I don't know what you're talking about. He has shown a new facet in this exercise. This first feature from this established commercial director leaves us expecting to see more from him. Whether a studio command or an original script, he demonstrates his command and dexterity as a director. Ah, okay. Whatever, cunt. I actually um, looked up the director, and yeah, this was his first feature film. Yep. Uh, And I watched the commercial he did where he uh he did a little modern day recreation of wacky races for a car commercial and uh i had a terrific time watching that well that's probably going to be the peak of his career because i don't think he's ever going to work again mm. like you can't come back I don't from know. this you cannot come back from I'd... this hey man i don't know the 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 writer of this piece of shit is still working. Yeah, but his so. his other movies have made money. This made a hundred thirty. Look, look the like. Okay, so death at death a funeral. At a funeral death at in a funeral And then it was so big, it got uh, an American remake, which also made yeah. a lot of money. Which he also wrote. Oh, did that make a lot of money? Yeah, pretty sure. Jesus, oh my god! I because I saw death at a funeral. It was just on one day. Uh, I guess back, well, fuck, ages ago. Like, this would be like 2008 when I uh, was living with my dad and he had Foxtel. And then Death at a Funeral came on the movie channel. And I hadn't heard of it and I just watched it. And I sat through the whole thing and I was like, that is one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure it's a bit of a cult hit. I'm pretty sure a lot of people it, really like that movie. What you, well, well, look, either it made a shit ton of money or it's a cult hit. It can't be a box well, office success and a cult well, hit. It, well, it, it kind of can be. You know, I think it made... No, I'm pretty it sure, can't! I'm pretty That's sure an oxymoron! Its, I'm pretty sure it made its money. And I think that yeah. it's got a loyal fan base. A loyal fan base. Yeah, and I hate death saying that about funeral. death at a funeral. I just know a lot of people who are just like, I really like death at a funeral, but then it's it's objectively a bad movie, you know? Oh my God, I need to, to see these people in the flesh. Right. How do you like death at a funeral? It's an objectively awful film. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah, I know. Well, Fuck tell no. that to right. a lot of people. Tell that to my mum, actually. She really likes that film. Uh, yeah, let's read because the it's, bad a mum, it's a mum film. Huh? Oh, yeah, the the, the, the bad review. Uh, so this is a 1 out of 10 uh, by Stan Roger Smith. This movie was all over the place. Uh, 2016. 
Seeing as this was a British offering, I'll describe it in British parlance. Absolute shite. Oh, I hate this cunt. Yeah. I think the morons giving this high praise with their reviews were about as high as Ron Perlman after taking that hit of LSD. It says, comedy. Who would have known? I didn't laugh once. It should have said, torture, because I was in a whole lot of pain during the duration. My wife was getting tired of the movie and kept telling me to fast forward it. At one point, she got up to get some chocolate candy. When she came back to the couch, I asked her for a piece. She said, only if I fast forward it. True story. Anyhow, it's too bad because going into this, I wanted it to be good. I like Perlman and Ron Weasley. Like the late 60s, early 70s scene. A lot of potential there. But then the director tried to make this a hybrid of a weird buddy flick mixed with Reservoir Dogs violence. Seriously, what the F? As somebody else opined, this, the second half of the movie really... F- the second half of the movie really falls flat, and I have to agree. Save your time and watch something better. Maybe Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to agree with this person, because they sound like an asshole, but I agree. I agree, but I don't blame the director as much as I blame the writer. I think it's it's a he's a commercial director and he's a modern day commercial director, which means uh, directors are mostly now just autopilot people. Like it feels like it was directed by an yeah, it feels like it was directed by an autopilot. So uh, you know, and that's why I think the um, the action scenes look pretty cool. Um. Because he's a because he's a commercial director, so he knows how to be impressive visually. But in terms of like directing performance or making the fucking story work, that's not you know that's poor. And I think you can only put it on the director because uh, you just have to. That's kind of your responsibility as director. It all falls on to you. But you know. You can just tell that this is... He was just directing the script he was given, and the script is dog shit, because the writer's dog shit. Okay, so do you have uh, any uh, closing thoughts on Moonwalkers and uh, and uh, Asher and a fart rating? Um, yeah, don't watch either of these movies. They're both really bad. Moonwalkers is um, just an obnoxious as fuck, and it'll Smug. make you angry. Yeah, smug. Um, yeah, just truly, truly awful, pathetic stuff. I give that a 1 out of 10. And uh, Asha is so sad uh, and boring. Uh, I, it made me depressed. This whole episode has made me depressed. Dane, I, <laughs> I was not expecting you. that. I was not expecting this. What were you I expecting? Was, I'm so... I don't know. I thought maybe we'd get to watch some cheesy Ron Perlman action movies. Yeah, you're wrong. 
Like, I remember watching one film with him that must have come out in, like, 2000 or something. Like, a straight-to-video straight to release with Ron Perlman, where he's on an island with a bunch of soldiers, and they're fighting monkeys. Uh, I thought it was going to be something like that. Like, they're fighting monkeys that had been gone through, like, lab experiments. It's sort of like Deep Blue Sea, but with monkeys, and Ron Perlman is the, the only fuck? one who has experience with fighting the monkeys. And it's like a horror action film. What is that film? You need to tell me I now. Can't, yeah, I can't remember what it was what it was called, but I remember it. And I was hoping it was going to be something like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, but instead, we got this mess. Uh, Asher gets a 1 out of 10 as well, by the way. They both get 1 out of 10s? Yeah, both truly awful right. shit. But Ron Perlman is is still a, a mad cunt, though. Right. And I'm I'm really sorry, Ron Perlman. I feel bad. Yeah. Um. Moonwalkers one out of ten by default because of how fucking up itself and smug it is. Fuck you for thinking you're awesome. You made a piece of shit. One out of ten farts. I hate it. Rupert Grint mm-hmm. is the reason it's it has a one. <laughs> Literally, that's all. And um, yeah. Asher, Rupert Grint's good. Yeah, and uh, oh, and and the editing and the cinematography. It there, I have seen worse looking movies, and I can really see the editor trying to put it together and trying make it something more. But unfortunately, it failed. So actually, you know what? I'm going to redact it. I'm going to give it two out of ten farts. Two out mm-hmm. of ten. Uh, Asher, okay. um, I actually feel depressed thinking about this movie because I really do think they were trying to make like a meaningful art film. Um, yeah, that's so. Uh... And it's just boring, incredibly boring, dull movie. And like, I literally had to go for a walk to wake myself up after watching it. Um, mm. But just because Ron Perlman invested his money in it and it isn't Moonwalkers, I'm making sure I give it a higher rating than Moonwalkers. So a three out of 10 farts for me, even though it's probably a one or a two. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, Asher is like going to the funeral for the effort they put into the movie. Exactly. But Moonwalkers is just, oh man, he thinks he's hot fucking shit. And yeah, I that's why I sent you that it. picture of the writer and I was like, I hate this cunt yeah, so much. Yeah. Um, so I think it's my turn to pick this time. Yeah. Um, so I found out about a pair of movies that exist and... I am worried I'm going to forget they exist. And because you made a very bizarre, specific topic, I think I'm allowed to fire back with one myself. So we are going to be watching both prequels to The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Have you heard of these? Uh, no. Do not Google them. Do not Google them. Because they okay. came, they they were filmed, they're both official, and they were filmed at the same time. Okay. When did they come out? Two thousand and four and two thousand and five. Oh, okay. So I don't want you to know what happened until you watched them. So we are going to be watching both prequels to The Exorcist. One is called Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, and the other is. Uh, called Exorcist The Beginning. Now, I know we're meant to do math 
and we I will do the math and I'll say which one has the better ratings, but I really need us to watch these two films. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.